0: The following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion
1: is advised. Greetings, Herkman, and uh, His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal.
0: I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of British.
2: <laughs> I think Jackal's a rapinoe, I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you there. The Jackal. Welcome, everybody, to another exciting episode of Inside the Jackal's Head I am your host, I am the Jackal. Tonight with me is my favorite guest that I've ever had on this show, Mr. Stephen Bassett would be with me later on tonight. We got a special announcement, something really cool is coming up on Tuesday that I want to talk about. But I want to welcome everybody first listening in all through the internet, through Shoutcast, Talk Stream Live, right here on psn-radio.com. At Cafe, also, all the listeners out there, everybody in the chat rooms, thank you for being there. It's going to be a fun night tonight, folks. Big, big news. I got a big announcement, which, if you were listening to the last couple hours, you heard my good buddy, Jamie Haviken from the Jamie Havikin Show, and he already told his audience the big announcement. But it's uh, one of those announcements that I think we both wanted to have in our podcast for our separate shows. Because it is that big of an announcement. In fact, we were even talking about it on Future Theater yesterday with uh, Bill and Nancy Burns. Love that show, by the way. Everybody check them out on Lucinian Cafe. And they could also be heard on PSN-Radio.com every Saturday night. Um, well, let's just uh, get right to it. Big announcement is, are you ready for this? Pete, are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready, man. Come on, you've been teasing me all day about this. Well, I'm not going to tease you anymore, Pete. Here we go. The announcement is, starting this Tuesday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, me and Jamie Haviken will be co-hosting Skywatchers Radio. Now, for anybody who's been following this show, and why the hell would you, but if you have been following this show, Inside the Jackal's Head, then you would know that the original show that I started out on was on Block Talk Radio, back in 2008, when I met Jamie, me and him uh, became friends instantly, and... Uh, Soon Dennis Crenshaw joined the picture And we're all like really good buddies Rick Osmond was also there And we're really good friends, all of us And we decided to to create this show You know, called Skywatchers Radio Which we would do a video and an audio version of the show And we would both uh, You know, we'll take turns hosting And sometimes we'll all be together Uh, Dennis was more of a fill-in Uh, co-host, and we did that for about a year and a half together, it was just a a blast being with those guys, but as things happened, you know, we all went our separate ways, I continued with uh, this network, PSN Radio and Jamie started up his network, uh, Inception Radio Network which has been hijacked from him but anyway, that's a different story and a different show, Uh, but we all went our separate ways and started doing our own thing and, you know we got other hosts to host Skywatchers Radio, but it was never the same uh, the show fizzled out after a while and uh, it just, uh, it went away. It kind of just stayed there in, in limbo and in the phantom zone, so to speak. So, recently, me and Jamie have been talking about working together again and uh, Jamie h- had co-hosted on Inside of Jackal's Head for the first year, year and a half around there. And it was a blast always having him on. You know, me and him flow really well on air together. And uh, he's, uh, like I said, one of my best friends on radio. I've known him for many years. So, we were tinkering with a couple ideas of how we could do this, and he had come out on, a, on the Thursday show, the Answer to Movie Troll Insanity uh, roundtable show. Uh, he came out once, and that's a blast, that show. And, uh, you know, it, it was a lot of fun being on air with Jamie again and stuff. And recently, my, you know, my idol in radio, the person I look up to more than anybody else, Art Bell, decided that he wanted to come back. I, you know, immediately I was all gung-ho about it, and Jamie was like, the one who told me about it, he was like, dude, our bell's coming back to radio, but it's not AM. And I was like, is it the internet? And he goes, no, no, it's not the internet. It's XM. And I was like, damn it, because you got to pay to listen to XM radio. So I was a little bit bummed out that it was on XM radio, and not AM or the internet. I figured Art would eventually be on the internet if he ever was to come back. But sadly, it was on XM, and, uh, you know, I said, you know what, screw it, we'll get uh, an account, and we'll listen. And uh, Jamie got an account, I got an account, we started listening, and it was amazing. I mean, think about it, Art Bell is the quintessential paranormal ufology talk show host. He's the best of the best. And listening to him again, interviewing the people he had on was just, uh, it took me back to 10, 15 years ago, when, when he was at his... Peak and I used to listen every night I mean I used to go to sleep at 4 or 5 in the morning Back then because of the Art Bell show You know it, it was such a, a Long show that I I couldn't miss a, a minute of it so and this is What got me to radio was Art Bell So w- listening to him again really Brought back all that you know Time back it took me back to that period And it was just It was a blast but then something happened Art had a, a little bit of a Falling out with the uh, the folks at XM And he decided to Leave and uh, you know not continue Doing the show there after I think it was like six weeks Of uh, doing the show And everybody started crying Everybody who's a fan just uh, you know Lost it because Art Bell again Represents uh, you know the best In the business and we all love Listening to that voice you know the, the way he Interviews people and stuff and when he decided to leave again it was we all got bummed out uh, we kind of understood because what art wanted to do was very simply to put a player on his f- web page that would allow people to listen to the show from there i mean it's very reasonable now i understand xm charges People to listen on on their network, but again, look, the piracy is what it is. People were getting the shows immediately, sometimes listening to it live. I don't know how they figured it out, but that's how it was happening and art understood that with technology you got to kind of move with what's going on and he, I guess it dawned on him finally that you know the internet is where I need to be that you know this is where the fans are uh they're hungry to listen to the show. you could tell uh so he decided to uh leave x m and unfortunately because of the way things work with contracts, he has to wait for the contract not to expire before he could come back and, and do his show. So there's going to be a little bit of a period before we hear art bell again, but hopefully we will get him back on, on the internet. Now in that time period, him and in his webmaster and producers, um, Keith Rowland is his webmaster, by the way, uh, shout outs to him. Um, you know, they decided to put together their own radio network, kind of like we have PSN radio and Ellicinian cafe. And, um, Art Bell's show was called Dark Matters Radio, or Dark Matter Radio, and the network is now Crescent Dark Matter Radio Network, and uh, they decided to put that together and start up their own uh, network, so when Art is able to come back, he has a network to be a host on. A brilliant idea, because it gives a lot of folks like myself and other people like Jamie and stuff, uh, the opportunity to listen to Art again for free, fans of the show, and in a way, it, it you know, it's the right move, I think, for Art. Because, look, Art's made a lot of money over the years. Uh, money wasn't his motivation to come back to radio. You know, the, and he even said it. The $75,000 they are giving him is not the reason why he came back to do XM Radio. He has money. That's not the issue. Um, Art knows that he can make money on the Internet. And this is the future, folks. So, you know, when he comes back, it's going to be just an amazing thing for all of us. But then I started thinking, I was like, you know, this would be a great chance to get on the same platform with Art and try to find a way to see if we can make that work because, honestly, I, I'm a huge Art Bell fan and just to be anywhere near the man in some capacity is, is a privilege and an honor for me. I mean, I'm completely flabbergasted just by the the mere notion that he knows who I am. That's how important he is to me and to people like myself. Uh, so me and Jamie, like I said, we're tinkering around with the idea of doing a show together when the idea hit me too. You know, relaunch Skywatchers Radio With Jamie and myself as the co-host So this Tuesday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Marks the debut Or the rebirth of Skywatchers Radio And it will be heard live on three networks But the main hub, the main home Is going to be Dark Matter Radio Network Everybody go there Bookmark the page Uh, Listen to us live on the network over there. Uh, Keith Rowland has done a great job. He's been really cool to work with and getting everything set up. And uh, we have all their stuff on our website. If you go to SkywatchersRadio.com, you'll be able to check that out there. Um, So I'm extremely, extremely excited about this. Uh, Again, Tuesday night, and uh, we already have a first guest booked. In fact, we have a couple of guests already booked. The gentleman who's going to be on with us tonight, Mr. Steve Bassett, is going to be on that network with us uh, coming up in a few weeks. And that's going to be awesome. You know, Steve Bassett had been with us on Skywatchers before years ago. And, um, in fact, one of the temporary hosts, who only lasted like two episodes, I think, um, Suzanne, I believe is her name, Suzanne Chandler, um, she actually was recommended by Steve Bassett, of all people. So it was pretty funny that she, like, disappeared. But he will be with us on, on... Skywatchers Radio, but we just uh, announced uh, that we have booked a couple of guests, Uh, so we're ready to go Tuesday night, you're going to be able to hear Frank Statler he's a a UFO researcher ufologist, uh, he's been on a bunch of radio shows and stuff and uh, we're going to find out about what he's been uh, working on and his reports can be you you can see them every day if you go to his website Um, he updates it almost all the time it's uh, ufopartition.blogspot.com that's his blog website. Uh, interesting dude. He's going to be with us on Tuesday. And again, the show is going to be all about ufology. In fact, I might have to cut down the topic here a little bit and leave uh, ufology for Skywatchers. So I might be doing a little bit less ufology-centric shows on Inside the Jackal's Head. Because, uh, you know, if I'm doing a ufology show, that I'm going to want to focus that really on that show so it'll make sense but again uh, check out frank's website ufo partition that's u-f-o-p-a-r-t-i-s-a-n dot blogspot.com and uh, he's gonna be our first guest on over on skywatchers radio which again can be heard on darkmatterradio.net darkmatterradio.net man i'm so excited about this uh the second guest and uh, i guess we could announce this already it's uh, Ted Torbidge of the Stench of Truth. He's a radio show host himself, and uh, Jamie and him go way back. And uh, really, really interesting fellow. You guys are gonna love uh, him. Also, he's gonna be with us on the tenth, December tenth. So it's starting to it's starting to come together. We uh, we can, actually I can announce also, the, also that we have confirmation. Uh, Jesse Marcel the third is gonna be on that show pretty soon as well in the next month or so. Uh, Steve Bassett is gonna be on that show. Like I said, Paul Dale Roberts. It's already uh, confirmed uh, to be on the show. So it's going to keep growing. We're going to try to book at least three to six months in advance. Uh, Really solid guests. Uh, The best of the best, because that's what we want to bring to the Art Bell Network or Dark Matter Radio Network. So there you go. That's the big news. If anybody wants to call in and uh, congratulate us, uh, please do so. You can call in. There's two ways of doing it right now. It's uh, Skype. You can look us up on PSN Radio if you want to call through there. If now you can call in through the number, seven eight six two four five eight one two seven. That's the call in number. And you know what's really cool with doing Sky Watchers Radio on Dark Matter Radio? We're gonna probably uh get some of the sound clips that Art is gonna, you know, be using for the network, uh, which includes uh perhaps, and I'm gonna try to see if it, if Keith can make this happen for us, uh, you know, the, the voiceover of uh, West of the Rockies. Dial blah 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 whatever the number is east of the rockies dial blah, blah 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 blah. whatever that number is i love that voiceover I, i'd love to have that in the beginning i know there's a couple different uh, uh spots that they're probably going to want us to play uh which is cool by me man uh, whatever they want uh we'll do at this point so again darkmatterradio.net is the website now with that amazing news uh you know that again awesome news right well with everything good Sometimes uh, there's bad news that comes later on. Not to me personally, but I don't know if you guys have been following the last 24 hours. Some real sad news in the entertainment business, and I want to transition right over to this uh, because I don't have a a lot of time here before we got to go to commercial. Uh, But a a terrible loss in the entertainment business. Uh, Paul Walker, who's the star of the Fast and the Furious uh, franchise, passed away uh, yesterday. Uh, He died in a car accident, of all things. Uh, the actor, was only 40 years old at the time of his passing, um, is famous, of course, for the Fast and the Furious franchise. Uh, he was also in She's All That. Um, he was killed Saturday in a car crash uh, while at a benefit for a, uh, typhoon for typhoon victims in the Philippines. And this is a charity event that he put together himself. Uh, the vehicle was a red porch uh, GT and Walker, who wasn't driving, mind you, he was actually a passenger on the thing. Uh, was on there with uh, the other occupant, which was the driver of the vehicle, uh, who was a race car driver. This is the craziest, the craziest thing. Uh, the dude driving is a race car driver, and uh, the the Porsche. My God, when I, mean, I saw the the video of uh, it, it, it's messed up because somebody actually shot a video of the Porsche in flames, and they were running towards the thing. And they, I don't even think there was a body left. I mean, this was very very. Uh, hard to take I mean the, the the explosion was incredibly incredibly bad so uh, crazy uh, crazy uh, death Paul Walker and uh, only 40 years old leaves behind a 15 year old daughter Meadows uh, Rain Walker and there's actually already uh, the 911 call and a couple of people who were on the scene uh, their audio has already made it to the internet I got a quick clip that I'm going to play here uh, Pete load this up real quick uh, this is uh, the 911 report and the audio from uh, folks on the 156 front. We have one vehicle fully involved.
0: We have confirmed
2: two Two people dead in this call. One, one of them is Paul Walker,
0: from We heard the crash. We heard the explosion, and uh, we got up here as quick as we could to find out what it was. There was nothing. We tried. We went through fire extinguishers. and...
2: Man, you can tell how shaken up those folks were. Uh, tragic, tragic event. I mean, the dude, only 40 years old. Now, the Los Angeles County coroner released uh, to the press the following statement on the accident, it said: Patrol deputies from Santa Clarita Valley Sheriff Station responded to a report of a traffic collision at approximately 3:30 p.m. in the 28-300 uh, block of Rye Canyon Loop, Valencia, on Saturday, November 30th, 2013. When they arrived, deputies found the vehicle engulfed in flames. Again, I saw the video. It is a bad explosion. I don't think there's bodies left of either victim, honestly. The Los Angeles County Fire Department uh, responded, uh, extinguished the fire, and then they uh, located the two victims. Oh, there was two victims inside the vehicle. The victims were pronounced dead at the scene, though. And uh, it says the cause of the collision is under investigation The coroner's office will determine The identities and the cause of death of the victims Of course the identity has already been released Paul Walker's rep uh, released A statement via Facebook Saying uh, it is with a truly heavy heart That we must confirm that Paul Walker Passed away today in a tragic car accident While attending a charity event For his organization The Reach Out Worldwide uh, His team wrote on his uh, Facebook page That uh, he was a passenger In a friend's car in which both lost their lives We appreciate your patience As we too are stunned And saddened beyond belief by this news Thank you for keeping his family And friends in your prayers During these very difficult times We will do our best to keep you appraised On where to send your condolences And uh, you can actually look him up On hashtag TeamPW Which is Paul Walker's initials uh, Again Team PW. So hashtag TeamPW Now uh, Regency, the studio behind the popular franchise, uh, also uh, confirmed the news by tweeting out that it's uh, with great sadness to report that at real Paul Walker, and they have to put his account, uh, has passed away. We will miss you. Rest in peace. That's how Twitter... My Twitter's so messed up, because it's such small amount of characters you could use that it kind of makes it almost sound like it's cold, you know, like, yeah, rest in peace. It's so quick, it's not like an obituary, but uh, very sad. Uh, man, I, I never thought I would... Read Paul Walker dead at a a car accident. And some people are are putting online that apparently TMZ had reported this two days before it happened as a celebrity death hoax. And uh, that is actually catching uh, a lot of attention because that is pretty popular. I don't don't know who started this, uh, this trend, but it's very sick. I know Eminem has died on the internet like 15 times already. I've lost count. I literally have lost count how many times they've said Eminem has died in a car accident, an overdose, uh, shot in a club, uh, shot by his mom was one of the reports once. I mean, that poor guy has been dead more than, uh, I don't know, than uh, who's died a lot. Let's see. Then the doctor from Doctor Who. Maybe he should be the next doctor, Eminem. What do you think about that? Huh? Now... And a reporter says, Walker uh, tragedy reverses hoax or celebrity death phenomenon, uh, which is what I'm talking about here, says uh, some arise on fake news sites while while others are started for no apparent reason on a stranger's Twitter feed or Facebook, and then they soon spread like wildfire across social media. Early reports of Paul Walker's death were met with skepticism, with many refusing to believe the actor had really been killed in a car crash, instead claiming reporting of of his death as a hoax. Uh, This may have been due to the ironic nature of the reports, given that Walker made his name plain a carefree street racer. However, Walker's death proved the exception to the rule, while death hoaxes have previously upset the victim's friends and and family, uh, for no reason, this time suggests that the actor's death was in fact a hoax. Obviously, has been already confirmed that he is indeed deceased. Some of the most memorable celebrity hoaxes include, of course, Paul McCartney, who had passed away in 1996 and then replaced by an imposter. I, yeah, there's an imposter supposedly playing Paul McCartney. Uh, Twitter has decided to kill singer Celine Dion on March 16, 2016, claiming that she had died in, in either a car crash or a plane crash. I remember actually reading about that, and uh, my heart will go on forever for you, Celine. Uh, but she's still alive, though. Uh, reputable news organizations such as CNN have even fallen victim to the hoax, tweeting the most notable in December uh, when it was reported. This is 2010 when it was reported that false and uh, as a false rumor. Uh, During the rounds, uh, that actor Morgan Freeman had also died in his home. Jeff Goldblum in 2009 had been reported. And uh, let me see, and and then this is messed up. A lot of people didn't believe the reports of Michael Jackson's death because they thought it was a celebrity hoax also. That turned out to be real. Um, Jeff Goldblum, he's still alive. Other celebrities who've uh, been stung by the death hoax, Tom Hanks, Brad Pitt, Jackie Chan, George Clooney, Russell Crowe. Fortunately though they're all still very much alive Those last few Eminem of course has also been Dead multiple times on the internet Again I don't know who started this thing And why it's uh, such a phenomenon But every year at least two or three celebrities Have to go through that Where they just They're reported dead for whatever stupid reason It's retarded And uh, it's sad when it happens And some people were actually saying That Paul Walker's death was a hoax and uh, there was a hashtag Illuminati If you guys look that up uh, People have posted all kinds of stuff on there On on uh, Paul Walker's fake death uh, Crazy stuff But no, he really did pass away So uh, rest in peace to Paul Walker uh, Moving on to other news Real quick before we go on commercial break Three suns rise over China I don't know if you guys saw this report over And uh, my good buddy Jamie Haviken, uh Sent me this earlier News.9msn.com.au that's a long one. Again, that's news dot n i n e m s n dot c o m dot a u. That's right. Uh, really. Messed up video, this is a three Well, it's not really messed up, it's just really cool, honestly It's a three suns rise over China An incredible video that appears to show Three suns rising in the skies Above China has been recorded by Stunt outlookers, and this is here. The ice halo was captured above uh, Chifeng I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, in the inner Mongolia region of North China At about 9am on a Friday morning In the same way that a rainbow Forms a halo of light uh, it, it's produced uh, when the sun rays are reflected and reflected through the uh, water particles in the atmosphere, causing the uh, stim- the stimulation or the uh, rainbow effect. Uh, this is the same kind of effect, but what is really stunning about this picture is that Comet Ices was passing by the sun, and a lot of people believe that's what is reflecting Comet Ices. It says uh, it is a naturally occurring atmospheric phenomenon, also known as the Phantom Sun. They can only form in specific conditions when the sun is viewed at a certain angle from Earth. It also requires uh, the presence of ice crystals, I don't know about that, in circulation in the clouds, which uh, forms uh, the altitude between five and 10,000 kilometers in uh, in the layer of the Earth's atmosphere known as the troposphere. Uh, before the science of meteorology was developed, events such as these were used to predict the weather. Interesting enough, ice halos are good indicators of incoming rain hail or rainfalls as the, the crystals that form uh, in the clouds uh, can indicate a coming frontal system. That's, uh, I guess, one way they used to do it back in the day. Now, of course, we've got CNN weather. But uh, interesting stuff. Uh, it looks really cool, though. I, you know, it could just be, again, like what they're saying, the reflection of the sun, but could it be comet ices? That would be interesting in itself, would it? I'm going to post that link on uh, the PSN chat room. Uh, If anybody's in there right now, you'll be able to get it as I post the link right in there. And I want to thank all you guys in there listening in on the chat. Right now, we are going to be joined by our guest tonight. And he is a political activist who is the leading advocate for ending the almost 70-plus year now uh, government imposed truth embargo regarding the extraterrestrial presence engaging the human race right here on planet Earth. He is the executive director of the paradigm research group, PRG for short, which recently re- uh, produced a citizens hearing on disclosure at the national press conference. That was a while back, actually. But Stephen Bassett is the man of the hour. Welcome back to the show, my favorite guest, uh, and it, just on, on really one of those nights where I just broke some big news. And you know, to have you on the same night that I you know broke the news that I just broke earlier on, it really is cool for me. It's a joy to have you on, my friend.
0: Well, yeah. Congratulations on uh, being part of uh, Bell's new. Network that's developing. I was, you know, kind of sad to see Art have to take off for two more years. I was looking forward to doing the show again. Um, you know, he 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 played a major role in um, breaking out of the UFO, um, I guess you could say, c- circle that had been going round and round for decades. When he allowed the exopolitics stuff, the political stuff, to to be part of the show back in the mid nineties. Um, gave, you know, brought me on many times. Uh, even mm-hmm. I, I did a couple of shows. I think a full four hours. Yeah. So the the political angle uh, and the, the the truth embargo, the disclosure, all these key issues we we take for granted now, were not really in play with a large audience. And he provided that base audience, five to eight million, which ensured that the the disclosure movement, the truth movement, would would have a an anchor. And uh, so he was critical in that. And I I don't know if Art realizes. It. I think he does. But uh, without art, I, I, with this, this, things would have gone much slower because uh, we did not have the audience uh, mm-hmm. for this. Because um, getting, getting that, that material on mainstream was almost impossible. And if we got, you got a gig on, on CNN or Fox, you got maybe what ninety seconds or something. Right. So art allowed us to get three hours at a time.
2: <laughs> yeah. If you're lucky. Yeah.
0: Yeah, if you're lucky. So, uh, you know, my best art and uh, congrats on, on, uh, on, on moving into this new. New market. It's great.
2: Yeah, it's it's an amazing experience. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you, Stephen. I heard about you for the first time thanks to Art Bell. So... Here we are, you know, many, many years later, a decade plus later, and we're doing a show together because of a show that I heard, Art Bell's show, Coast to Coast AM, back in the day. So I mean, it's funny. like a six degrees of separation, or it, it, it's funny how everything just kind of works out as fate would have it. Uh, but you know, what's the, the latest stuff that you're working on? Because my audience is always, you know, asking me, what's Steven Bassett up to? What's going on with ufology? Is there going to be disclosure? You know, what's a, what, give us an update of what's uh, come You know, what's up with you now?
0: Yeah. Um, well, we're trying to consolidate the uh, and and uh, implement the uh, the uh, the outcome of the citizen hearing on disclosure. Um, as I mentioned on your show, we got the White House to put its position in writing back in September October of 2011, where the White House stated there wasn't any evidence for any of this and they weren't hiding anything and so forth. We pounded away at that position, which of course is completely false. And uh, then, then to drive that point home, we have this citizen hearing on disclosure, 30, uh, 40 witnesses, 30 hours of testimony before former members of Congress all filmed in high def um, so that we had a record of these former members of Congress, three Republicans, two Democrats and a Libertarian, three men, three women, literally being profoundly affected by this evidence, which has always been there, right? But. We were able to bring probably the most concentrated amount of testimony ever in one place at one time. You know, went on for five days, you know, just two blocks from the White House. So we filmed all that, <clears throat> got some media coverage, not as much as we would have liked, but we got a decent amount, but always important is we filmed it. So there are three things that are about to go forward. The pace is pretty much based on funding. We need to raise money in three areas. We're trying to do that. We have crowdfunding things up on the website. Um, that's the only thing that's really determining the pace of this right now but uh one of the things is the film truth embargo which is built somewhat around the, the citizen hearing on disclosure truth embargo com. we're trying to raise two hundred fifty thousand to finish that we've already spent about a quarter million we need a, another quarter million because we're trying to we're trying to create a film that could, can make it in the theaters uh if it did, it would be the first documentary on the on the extraterrestrial issue ever to really get distribution in the theaters. Um, amazingly, in spite of all of the movies that have been done about ETs and all the billions of dollars that they have generated, both television shows as well, yep. no documentary has gotten distribution in theaters. Um, hmm. uh, we want to we want to break that, but you got you got to get the quality up there. You got to have the production values. We've launched a foundation, which is up now, citizenhearingfoundation.org, nonprofit, 5013C. And we're going to raise money to pursue a U.N. resolution calling for a world conference. We've already got nine on the board of advisors. And again, you can see all that at citizenhearingfoundation.org. And then we are trying to complete the full editing of a DVD set of the Citizen Hearing on Disclosure. Thirty hours, ten DVDs, approximately, uh, in a professionally, but we will sell worldwide, uh, and we're trying to raise about another twenty-five thousand to complete that project. But so those are the three things that are underway, leading up to, uh, and they will all be simultaneous with what may be the final move in all this uh, in this uh, advocacy game, chess game we've been playing, and that's the congressional hearing initiative. Paradigm Research Group Congressional Hearing Initiative. You can you can learn about that at, at citizenhearing.org. If you hunt around, you'll find it. Uh, soon, it'll have its own own section. Uh, there's also a, a link to the funding for this at the Paradigm Research These are all the kind of the sites that are p- primary to all these initiatives. But uh, let me sum it up for your your listeners very very succinctly. The uh, Congress has not held hearings on this since 1968. They held a hearing back then. It was part of the wrap up when the government was going to close all this up. They held a hearing to say we had a hearing, and then they uh, they uh, completed the Condon report, which said nothing to, nothing to see here, move along. That allowed them to shut down Blue Book. They were already in the process of closing out the NICAP by kicking out Keo and taking over the board and shutting it down. Uh, sort of to say, hey, now it's over. You know, go away. And and it did. It worked for about ten years. Uh, Pretty much, the pressure was off the government substantially off the government from '69 to '78. So they got about nine years of respite, and then everything changed uh, when a very important historical figure, uh, Jesse Marcel Sr., mm-hmm. uh, was found by Stanton Friedman, who interviewed him and started to come forward and and say what happened at Roswell, re- reigniting the whole Roswell event, which is probably right. a key event in, in American history of all. This. Oh
2: yeah. Yep.
0: So the government was back in the soup and they've been in the soup ever since. So uh but the, that was the last hearing. And uh, there had been numerous attempts to get hearings <coughs> over the years. <coughs> Some were ge- were generated inside Congress and they were all blocked. Mostly I think by the intelligence committees, or so the chairman of the intelligence committees at the time. Uh the public efforts to get hearings have also really gone nowhere. Just you just meet a, a brick wall. Um and, and we know why and, and, and the citizen hearing on disclosure showed why uh, this unprecedented event in the national press Club last uh, April 29 May three and that is that these six members of Congress with 80 years of tenure um, who 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 were paid to come and and con- conduct their uh, their role as, as members of Congress once again, but as former members uh, for a citizen hearing as opposed to a congressional hearing. And they all came in pretty neutral on the subject. I mean I know I right? talked to them all. They weren't close to it, but they hadn't embraced it. They were generally neutral. Uh but experienced, they weren't novice members of the political arena. They were they were experienced political people. Right. And they came in and they were blown away by the testimony, not surprisingly. I mean that I doesn't I mean I, I'm not surprised that they were, but it's important that they were. And I mean, so, how, right, much, the day, how much
2: of it do you think it was authentically blown away or acting blown away?
0: Oh, no, 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 no. It was not acting. Trust <laughs> me. It was not acting.
2: Um, like, oh, I, I never knew that stuff happened there, Stephen.
0: No, I think anyone <laughs> who watches the hearings, and of course more and more people will in the future, uh, will realize it's not acting at all. Um, and they, they, they got so impressed, they were so impressed that they wanted to do more, and they, 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 they signed a communique in Washington on the 3rd of May that, that called for PRG to set up a nonprofit, which is the Citizen Hearing Foundation, to pursue the UN uh, World Conference uh, Joint Resolution, because they felt the UN should be involved, which is true. And so that was their way of saying, "Look, we want to help." And so they they signed it. Four of them signed it. Two of them couldn't. They were in a quiet period since so they just retired. But um, clear, they were behind it all. And and so this this is this was all caught on film. Now now, why is this important? It's really simple. It's not complicated at all. If a one of the House committees, one of the appropriate House committees could be intelligence, could be uh, science and technology, uh, could be government reform—pick one—they may have you know eighteen, twenty members on them. If one of those committees were to hold hearings, where say over a period of a couple of days, fifteen to twenty of the the strongest witnesses were to come and testify before them, they would undergo the same transformation that our former members. At the CHD uh, went through, and it would all happen on camera, lots of cameras, because I think these hearings would be probably the most c- covered hearings ever. Oh, frankly, yeah. uh, and once that happened, I mean, once the the p- public watched this un- happen, and w- and and the political media saw it happen, it would be it. That would be the end. The truth embargo would be finished. Uh, it couldn't. It couldn't. If the truth embargo was vulnerable now quite a bit vulnerable and, and uh, well with the internet i think
2: honestly this will be just the nail in the coffin with the internet i mean everybody who is interested knows what's going on at one point or another
0: well i mean a lot of people know it's true but, uh, right. but we until we can break through to the mainstream media and get them fully engaged and also get the congress involved and get the president to come out and announce et presence, we're not really going anywhere with this issue right we're just going kind of round and round um and we're not going to be able to, to, to really enter what I call the new era, uh, or the post-disclosure era, until the announcement comes from world government. So that's what we have to get to, mm-hmm. and that would happen if these hearings took place. And and, and so what was confirmed to me uh, by these hearings, the citizen hearing, rather, and that's the reason they haven't allowed a hearing in Congress, because they know, particularly as we as the evidence amassed, and and increased uh, in the 80s and 90s, and of course now it's just overwhelming, that if this evidence was presented in that format under the eye of the world's media and then the the Congress were to react as we would expect, that would be it. And so they just couldn't happen, and so hearings have been blocked. So if we get the hearings, which is what we're shooting for for early next year, that's it. So we're we're now going for the the touchdown. We're, We're looking to cross the goal line here. Um, by getting at least one committee to hold some comprehensive hearings multi-day for at least several dozen of the witnesses that are ready to testify under oath. Um, And the listener may very well ask, well, why why would you succeed here Hmm. when all all efforts to have hearings in the past have failed? Mm -hmm. And there are two... Fundamental reasons why we, we will succeed. The most important is the citizen hearing on disclosure, not just the fact that it was done uh, and people did see it, and there was coverage and there was webcast available to members on the Hill to watch privately if they if they were reluctant to come down to the press club. Same for the media. I mean, editors and reporters who who would who would be afraid to come and cover it. Person could have watched it on the webcast. But we recorded it all, and so we're, we're going to. Uh, the schedule is July, January eighth. On January eighth, the plan is, assuming we can continue to raise funds to get the editing done, um, is to go ahead and deliver a full set of these to every member of the, every office on the Hill. So that would be a ten DVD set of the whole hearings, plus a you know a greatest hits DVD, right? A, <laughs> a compilation DVD. To 535 offices. That's about 5,350 DVDs. Um, and we will be doing a lot of media ahead of time, letting them know it's coming. And then uh, maybe about three days after their shift, I'm going to be doing some national radio. Probably, almost certainly your show and a number of Definitely. other shows. Mm-hmm. Telling millions of people, look, this is it. If you can jump on board right now and just provide a little of your time, we can get this done. And what I'm going to be asking is for every American who hears, you know, that can hear what I'm saying, to uh, tweet and email. Tweet is now part of the—that's you know, part of the game for that question. They need to tweet and email their three reps, their three congressional members, uh, a request to. Uh, meet with me, because I'll be approaching these offices around the 16th, uh, 17th of January, to meet with me to discuss the content of those discs they just got and also the, and request that the hearings be held, immediate hearings be held on the Hill. Uh, the idea is to create what is called a tweet storm. And what that is is, you know, somebody who has 30 or 40,000 followers gets a tweet about something, it just passes right on through it. Right? It's just a stream of stuff that comes in. And while the members don't follow these tweets, they have staffers who do to pick up on development. A tweet storm is when thousands come in in a short span of time, and so they can't miss it. Uh, it's just there. And then once they see this stream of tweets coming in about a particular subject, they start scrolling back to to uh, see uh, the whole thread, and, they, 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 and it just goes on and on and on. And now, now they realize that there's an issue here they've got to address. Uh, same with emails, right? You get one or two emails. You get a thousand, two thousand. Well, that's that's a different ballgame. So we're going to try to get people to take a few minutes, just a few minutes of their time to email. And in almost all cases, they have to use a form. It'll be a form on the website, that's easy to find those websites. There'll be links to them and all that. And then the tweet will obviously make it easy for them to find a Twitter account for, for all the reps, which most of them have now. Pound them with these, and then then I show up. I'll then show up and say, "Look, we need to meet." Um, then we're going to send a letter to committee chairs, the key committee chairs that are appropriate, signed by former members of Congress. I'll publish the the offices that are declining to meet. uh publish that to the web and and ask that everyone everyone now, not just their own representatives, but simply everybody in that list, uh, contact all the, those offices, requesting politely that they reconsider their decision. So we're talking about a broad-spectrum approach to the Congress at the at the core of which is 30 hours of unprecedented testimony before former members of Congress, never been done before. And where, where they, when they watch it, when they finally get around to watching some of it, they don't have to watch all of it. Basically what they'll see is this is what hearings would be like. Uh, pretty powerful witnesses, amazing testimony, extraordinary issues being raised. The former members of Congress totally on board, really appreciating it. Uh, that's what they'd be asked to do. And, and really, all they're being asked to do is to simply sit there and listen. They don't have to no. give some speech about the ET, so you simply sit there and listen to the, 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 the witnesses and let the rest take care of itself.
2: But here, Stephen, let me ask you: You know, once we reach that point, uh, you know, what's the next step after that? I mean, uh, you know, they're going to they'll, they'll have the hearings and uh, you know present the evidence. And I mean, what do you expect their answer to be? Do you expect them to say, "Yeah, we know about this. This is true," and just come out with everything? Uh, do you think they're going to go that route, or what do you expect their answer to be? And what's the next step after that?
0: No, it'll move very fast. Um, the The Congress may not have to do anything. I think.
2: Right. As
0: the as the information goes out to the world uh, from Capitol Hill and through these hearings, uh, as people see these very powerful witnesses, very important witnesses, high-ranking station uh, Air Force officers and all that, then the media will finally go. Enough is enough. Um, we're just not going to sit on this anymore, and they're going to go investigative mode. That's it. I and mean, they'll they'll start asking some very hard questions of the obvious people and. There's just nowhere for those people to go. I mean, they have no answer. I mean, they've managed to keep the truth embargo going by basically keeping their head low and doing nothing, saying right. nothing, lying on occasion. The Air Force has shouldered most of the burden of the lies. Mm-hmm. Um, the White House, though, handed us a gift when it put out its formal position in October 2011, saying there was no evidence at all for any of this. Uh, the, the White House, the, the press will really realize that well, that's completely at fault. And then, then the press, the press will close the deal, and then under, under extreme pressure from the press, um the president will, will probably approach through an inter- intermediary, the military intelligence group, and, uh, they'll cut a deal. And the outcome of that deal will be, uh, that they, 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 they get what they want, the president gets what he wants, and so then he can go before the American people and announce ET presence. And it'll happen very fast. So the Congress may not have to do anything; just hold the hearings, uh, and so, that'll do so that.
2: You, so you really think they'll get all the way to the president and, and just tell him, "Go ahead, you know, th- it's time to release the information." Well, there's going to have to
0: be a deal struck. <clears throat> the truth embargo exists primarily for national security reasons. It's the decision of of people that are that are of substantial rank. Within the military intelligence community, people that are in the know on the subject, that may even be involved in the committees that run all this, they have felt that acknowledging the ET presence was not in the national security's interest. Right. Up until right now, uh, and now they now that sentiment has certainly changed. I think since 1992, I, I think they're they're leaning more and more towards doing this, but they they've sort of got themselves boxed out. Because they yanked everything out from the Congress and the President, and so you have the Commander in Chief who's really not briefed on this, and so the Commander in Chief doesn't have the information to go forward. They 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 can't act unilaterally because that would be treason, and and so they're boxed out. So the whole thing is kind of stuck, um, and so, but at some point, I mean, it, it becomes an intolerable situation, and 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 that point is simple. <laughs> As Bill Clinton knows, uh, when the media finally decides to go uh, bel- you know, nuclear, it's over. I mean, right. yep. you're done. You're toast. You might as well just come right out and tell everything. Um, and so as that approaches, and I think the hearings in Congress will generate that, they will realize they have to do something. And so there will be kind of a mutual, I think, sentiment that they need to, to get together and cut a deal, um, meaning that the president cannot go in front of the American people and announce an ET presence unless the President knows that certain important information that will be required to accompany that announcement and and certainly maybe follow it in the ensuing weeks will be available to him from the Air Force and the CIA and and whoever else is, is holding the information. Not everything, but certain things. And that's the deal that'll have to be struck. The, the, the Air Force, I mean, the, the military intelligence committees will say, "Look, we can't. We're not. We, we don't think all this should be out. We think there's a lot that has to be held back. So you've got to stay away from it." But we'll give you this. Is that enough? And the president will say, "Well, I need this. I need that." Right. And then they'll just come to a deal. And once they have a deal, then the president can comfortably come forward and say, "There's an ET president," and if the, if the press says, "Well, how do you know that?" Well, he'll say, "Well." Here's a video. Watch this, right? You know what I'm saying?
2: Hmm. Right? Anyway, <laughs> and it won't be
0: some YouTube yeah. video deal. Right? It'll be <laughs> some Air Force chase plane with some pretty profound, pretty profound uh,
2: evidence. Some, yeah, some credible evidence. And that's the. Uh, and it's funny you mentioned YouTube because that is that is the, the rough part of believing, uh, you, you know, anything because it's so easy to, to hoax these things. Uh, you know, what kind of evidence do you think they'll put out first? Do you think it'll be something little, like microbial life has been found, plus we know there's a presence, No, 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 uh, no, no, no but no, nothing no, major? No. Or do you think they'll come out and say, you know, Roswell happened, uh, there's been some form of contact, uh, they've been here for a long time, something no, uh, along no, those lines?
0: Disclosure is the, anno- the acknowledgement of the ET presence.
2: Just the right. simple knowledge. Extraterrestrials.
0: Entity, those craft, are, they've got pilots. That that's, right. that's the fundamental announcement. All right. There, once you're forced to that, you can't. I mean, once that, once this, once these witnesses turn up on Capitol Hill, the ideas will come out. Well, we don't know what they're saying, but there, there may be microbial life. I mean, that will that will last about ten seconds. No, it's it's the it's the ultimate event, the event we've been shooting for forever. Um, they have to acknowledge the truth. I mean, just like at some point, the, the people of the world were given sort of a formal understanding that the world was round; it wasn't flat. Uh, and and the Earth went around the sun, not the other way around. I mean, these were you know, the, 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 there was no way to sort of hedge that. You just tell the truth. Um, the evidence they're going to come forward with, I think. I mean, if I were them, I would. I mean, some of the easiest the easiest evidence they could provide to, to make the point crystal clear would be gun camera footage from from defense chase planes. They've been chasing these things for. A long time, and they send up planes, and they film it all, but, but you you never see that film. I mean, obviously, that does not get shown. In fact, right? Uh, if, you, if you think about it, where is all the gun camera footage from the interceptions? Uh, we know they go up to do that. We know that they're seen on radar, but you never see it. Well, the reason you don't see it is because that would be smoking gun, end of the line, end of the right. truth embargo material. So it, it obviously can never be released, and you could file FOIAs all day long for 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 those kind of camera f- films. You're not going to get them. But they got them, and, and so they could bring us out. And they undoubtedly show these craft maneuvering uh, ahead of and around our our finest planes and then shooting off at high speed. Maybe even some of this film might go all the way back to the 50s. That's pretty conclusive. I don't think the press will need any more than that. I think that'll be, yeah, fine, okay, you got it. I mean, they could say, oh, you photoshopped it all. Yeah, It's all photoshopped. <laughs> I mean, it could, but, you know... When you think about it, given everything that we do know now, no. Most people say no. Obviously, you you finally acknowledge the et presence. So that—that's what I would do. I I don't expect anything more exotic than that. Uh, Now, what happens after disclosure? That's a whole different ballgame. Who knows what information will come forward.
2: That's the that's the question right there. I mean, will we get information on the technology aspect of this thing? Uh, because, like you've said many times, the technology that could be potentially there is earth shattering. Is is earth changing technology? It uh, is. Yeah, uh,
0: I, I I think that. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously they're worried. I mean, I mean the good people that you know are entrusted with our national security are concerned of the risk of a paradigm change of this magnitude. I mean, I. I get it, um, but there's there's no certainty here. There's no way they can guarantee to themselves in advance how it's going to go. Um, clearly, there's going to be a lot of information that they would rather not come out for a while. Clearly, there's going to be enormous pressure on them to get everything out almost right away, uh, and there'll be sort of a uh, a bit of a tug of war that'll go on. Uh, the government will pull back. The, the, the People will pull you know, the direction. The press will be in there. But over time, I mean, this is take a two year period, uh, and the two years following disclosure, a lot is going to come out.
2: Stephen, hold on right uh, there. Uh, we have a caller yeah. who just joined us who wants to ask you a question. Uh, yeah. Seth is on the line with us. Uh, Seth, uh, you're on air with Steve Bassett.
1: Hey, listen, longtime listener. Happy you're on the air and you're expanding. Got a quick Thanks, question, sir. and then I'll actually get off the phone. What yeah. can we as civilians request using the Freedom of Information Act that topics we haven't gone after to try and get more of this information out and from the government?
0: Easy answer, nothing. Every conceivable FOIA has been filed on this. The UFO issue has gotten has generated more FOIA requests than any other single issue. Um, and some things have been retrieved. I think some accidents occurred when some stuff got released that probably shouldn't have been. But the simple what about truth rephrasing is the,
1: the topics? I'm sorry? What about rephrasing the subject or topics to slyly get the information out?
0: It, it, believe me, it all, it's all been done. Um, and, and the problem is simple. The FOIA Act is really not what you think. Uh, on the surface, it's a well-intentioned and uh, seemingly... Populist, a transparency uh, piece of legislation, uh, and and with respect to non-controversial things, you can use it to get information that could be useful. But the the simple truth is is that nothing that the government does not want released will be released, no matter how many FYS you file. So. If you file, say, for the gun camera footage from chase planes going back to the 1950s that went up to intercept UFOs, you're going to get a response. You say, we don't have it, and you can file a lawsuit, and, and that won't go anywhere. So the FOI gives the appearance of giving more power to the people than it does. But we've used it. We've done, you know, it's, it's produced some things, but it's it's difficult, time-consuming, and expensive. We don't need to do it anymore. We already have enough evidence to... Prove et presence many times over. Uh, so now it's we're focusing on um, those things that have the that are most likely to generate immediate action on the part of uh, the government. And the, the citizen hearing on disclosure was in that vein. The congressional hearing initiative will be in that vein. Uh, the, the petitions we've sent to the White House and so forth to get their position. We're The 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 major lever. There's two major levers that are being pressed right now to finally trip the switch inside the U.S. government to cut the deal and get the disclosure done. One of them is international. Other countries are putting pressure on the U.S. by publicly releasing files, cooperating with UFO researchers, and so forth. Quite a few, actually. This is not helpful to the truth embargo, obviously. Uh, the U.S. is because the U.S. is the the leader of this, the creator of the truth embargo. It can't do any of this. Any, any actions like that would immediately trigger a media frenzy, and so the position of the U.S. government is the same as it was in 1969 when they shut it all down. Only the White House actually made an even more severe statement on October of 2011, which is either a mistake or a deliberate attempt to facilitate the process uh, when they issued that uh, statement from the OSTP. So uh the, the 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 one level of course I mentioned is the international breakaway that's happening, and then the other is our press, our media um, ultimately, this is the biggest news story in history. There are many Pulitzer Prizes it'll be won from the coverage of this it's going to sell a lot of papers uh put a lot of eyeballs. Uh, on newscasts, on television and cable and so forth. There's a lot of money is going to be made. And this is their job. I mean, their their job is to, in fact, break open stores just like this. So they've been prevented from doing their job for 67 years, which has built up a substantial, how would you say, uh, uh, back pressure. Um, and we just need to crack through. Once we pop, pop that balloon, it's over. The media will go into full-fledged media frenzy on this issue and that's it. And so that's the lever that and so, unless they intend to take over the media, you know, you know, uh, nationalize all the networks well, and the cable channels and everything else, <laughs> take it all over, and then and also lock up the internet, yeah. uh, this media Which, frenzy is inevitable. It's just a question of when we trigger it.
1: it that, well, I believe Obama. Signed
2: an order for yeah. taking over all the media. Uh, I think that's on its way, Stephen. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think they're going to try to, to censor the internet pretty soon, and uh, the day that okay. happens, uh, you know that you know it's a wrap for the government. I mean, at that point, anarchy, I think, will break out. But, uh, or, or no, they, chaos, they, they, or they can't shut the down. It, 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 they,
0: <laughs> the day that mess with about. the Internet, it's over in
2: America. <laughs>
1: the day they mess but,
0: even the China internet. can't <laughs> shut the Internet down. That's, that, yeah. China's in a losing battle, ultimately, with the net, as is every other nation in the world, maybe with the exception of North Korea, which is willing to stay in the 12th century so you know their their idiot rulers can can live out their you know adolescent fantasies. But uh, the rest of the world cannot win. It's it's so the internet is one reason why disclosure is inevitable. Um, but the, the, as i pointed out many times, it, we need to get it done now. It may be inevitable, but if we don't get it done, some very bad things are, are are liable to happen here pretty soon. And and we need to get on the other side of disclosure so we can address these quote bad things, hopefully in a in a way that's different from the way we've handled stuff in the past. And a perfect example. I'll
1: a secondary question. Yeah. Yeah. The next question is, is is the Smithsonian part of the government structure or does it stand alone? And with out-of-place artifacts that have been found throughout the past century plus that's been delivered to the Smithsonian, can the Freedom of Information Act actually be used for their stuff as well too? Uh,
0: That's a good question. I I know the Smithsonian gets government money, so it is connected to the government. Um,
1: it's on government
0: um, property. But it's a quasi, I guess you could say the a quasi-governmental entity. Don't know if it comes under the FOI Act or not. Again, it wouldn't matter. Nothing that threatens the truth and will be released, no matter how many FOIs you file. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure the Vatican has got quite a bit of pretty profound information in their archives, but they choose not to release it. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the point I was about to make is, is that just to give you a classic example of old paradigm uh, world view or old paradigm way of dealing with things, which is just so useless now and yet so dangerous, there's always a new example of this. And the latest example has to do with China extending its... Uh, defense uh, offshore defense zones to include these, these couple of islands in the you know south of Japan. I mean these islands are uninhabited; they're just a bunch of rocks. Um, but you know China sort of claims that they're they belong China, and, and Japan claims them for themselves, and currently has I guess you could say autonomy over them. And so they're having this little dance in the uh, South China Sea, uh, North China Sea, to uh, to sort of make points to each other. It's like posturing. And so they've extended their defense zone out. They're requiring that any plane that travels through has to get permission from China. Uh, The U.S. doesn't acknowledge this. We're already flying uh, military planes through that without requesting permission to show strength, and so forth. And, and again, this is pretty much a matter of, this is diplomacy by the means, it's posturing, it's, it's school bus, eighth grade BS, but that's the way things have been conducted for thousands of years on this planet. Now, you know, if, if something were to happen and one of our planes were shot down by a Chinese plane, God knows where things would go. But this is the kind of nonsense that goes on in the world because our worldview is antiquated, doesn't work anymore. Disclosure is the door to another time When this kind of old paradigm thinking will seem almost, will seem ludicrous—not almost, but would seem ludicrous—and we'll stop acting this way and start conducting our affairs in a way that's more appropriate to a planet that has just learned that it's part of other civilizations, other planet systems, and being visited by advanced beings who could give a crap about these two rock islands, you know, south of Japan, Um, and so. But we see this all the time. And, and believe me, there are plenty of people out there operating under this old paradigm thinking that are prepared to blow up this city, that city, build a bomb, start a bio war, whatever, and, and they may do it, uh, and that will launch another massive worldwide you know, war on something, uh, leading to trillions of dollars thrown down the drain and millions of people dying. Disclosure needs funding now so we can get it now, because once disclosure has taken place, that toothpaste can never be put back in the tube. We are in the post-disclosure world, and everything that we do after that will be based upon the worldview of the post-disclosure world under some extraordinary new information not available in uh, acknowledged form now, but will be then. So the idea that, oh, don't worry, everything will work out and eventually disclosure will come, big mistake. That's why we're pressing so hard for funding, so we can get this done early next year, uh, and then we'll be in the post-disclosure world, and hopefully, we will address the issues that we're facing as a species, as a planet, in ways that are out of the box, different, and perhaps would more effective. Excellent,
2: thank you, Stephen. Again, moving towards past the disclosure point, um, you know, I'm still intrigued at how radically different we might be once we actually get the the. Go ahead from the government to just put all information, or at least some of the information, out there. I mean, do you really think, and now speaking as you know, human beings, do you really think that the globe, the entire planet, is ready for this kind of uh, news? I
0: don't know how you would assess that. Uh, the human race is uh, already been through crunch. quite a bit over the last ten thousand years, not to mention yeah. three hundred thousand. Uh, it's a, were they ready for the The steam engine? Were they ready for learning the world was around? Were they ready for uh, the uh, atomic age? Uh, It doesn't really matter whether they're ready or not. It's going to happen uh, because it's the reality of the world. But um, to be truthful, uh, based on, I think, the, the, the appropriate criteria, and given, oh my lord, 1951 onward, that's like 60 uh, some years of television and and uh, movies about E.T.s, and of course all the documentaries and and so forth. The awareness of the issue is practically universal. It's not not going to surprise anybody. Uh, I think that they that E.T.s are here, though they may be shocked to have it confirmed. Right. I say surprise. What I mean is the idea of an extraterrestrial. Surprise anybody? I mean that's that's everywhere. You can't you can't you know throw a stone in the media and not hit something that has to do with with right. So you know, but some people adjust better to the post-disclosure world than others. Uh, some people like some people adjusted better to the post World War II era uh, than others. Some flourished. Some suffered. Um, but by and large, when you look at history. You, I think it's easy to conclude that when the truth is out there and when people know what's what and they're making decisions based upon the reality of the world and not, not, the, not some uh, illusion created by government propaganda, that, that, that things go better, that there's more prospect for advancement, more positive things will take place when you have societies that are more transparent, more open, and the fundamental truths are known. All the societies that have tried to manipulate truth in order to, to maintain control generally, they all collapse. Soviet Union being probably the most spectacular example, given the strength, the power they had, the resources they had, the army, the intelligence, the, the surveillance, and their whole society based on propaganda and lies essentially collapsed. I mean, that's it. Um, and uh, and and North Korea will collapse. Uh, and pick any others that you just can't. It doesn't work. And so it comes down to the fact that. That the idea that we'll continue to withhold this this truth and withhold this information because we're not ready is is well. First of all, it's it's a, it's a, it's a huge hubris on the part of uh, the military intelligence community to think that they know what's best for the entire world, um, and uh, it flies in the face of history. And there's so many good things that could come from breaking through this barrier that you know it's just very. There's very little case to be made anymore based on the known knowledge. Now, there are those who claim the government knows some things that are so upsetting that they can't reveal it. They can't allow it to be revealed, so disclosure can't really be allowed to happen because it leads right. to that information coming forward. I've heard this argument. Uh, by and large, I've not seen any evidence to back it up. These are mo- almost all speculations.
2: Well, right. most of these would be one. religious, you know, implications uh, were recreated by them. I mean, this some of the, this is some of the stuff you're talking about, right?
0: Uh, actually, worse than that. I mean, that that's actually not that big a deal. Uh, now, I'm talking about stuff even worse than that. Uh, that oh boy! Would uh, that they say, well, you can't bring it out. Um, and my response has always been the same. Um, uh, while I don't see the evidence for it, even if it's true, the idea that a few dozen individuals in some of the more developed countries would consider themselves so, how would you say, special, so important, so brilliant that they uh, uh, can shoulder the burden of these extremely disturbing truths, and the rest of the world can't. Uh, that they they must take on the responsibility of knowing that these very difficult truths, and the rest of us remain blissfully ignorant because we're just children and they're they're adults, is an utter act of cosmic arrogance. Uh, Whatever is facing the human race regarding extraterrestrials, the sooner the entire human race is facing it together, the better. As opposed to a few elite individuals who have taken on the role of being our our protectors and our parents and and saving us from from discord um, and discomfort, that that's just doesn't hold up. The, you know, I understood the rationale during the Cold War, but that wasn't about E.T.s. That was about us. Right. That disclosure might upset the balance, the delicate balances that were preventing nuclear war and create an unintended consequence. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about all oh, the ETs are doing something terrible, and w- nobody can know about this but us because we're we're just profoundly gifted uh, people who can can bear that burden, and we don't want the rest of the world to know. I'm sorry, but that's not going to fly, and so the argument to me is of no value at all anymore—zero value—and the sooner they get over it. I mean, assuming this is true. Assuming there is right. the terrible, awful truth that the rest of us—seven billion of us—are not, you know, can't know about because we'd be upset and we'd have to take antacids or something. <laughs> uh, well, at this point, I
2: think Hollywood has played a big part in conditioning us to accept the reality that we're not alone.
0: Well, I mean, you know, the, the idea of ETs, yeah. I mean, right, yeah. Uh, uh But everybody knows that that's all fictional, by and large. I mean, they they right. understand that. Uh, the ETs are probably not going to be like the one in Alien or the ones right. in Starship Trooper or whatever. They they sort of More know that. The but there's a right. certain sense of of I don't I don't know um, uh, a subliminal sense of fear of the unknown that it, is encouraged by these movies. Uh, but you know they'll get over that pretty quickly. I mean, once the ETs are announced, I think based on what we know, uh, assuming there isn't some ETs in play right now that are completely unknown to us, but rather spectacular, most people are going to find them rather anticlimactic and boring. I mean, they just don't measure up to the, the ETs of our movies, uh, who are amazing and incredibly dangerous and, and uh, utterly right. relentless and on and on know, and Stephen. on.
2: I don't know, I had, look, I had Stephen Pierce on recently, we were, we were talking about the Travis Walton case, and I think it's universally agreed upon that the actual story of what happened to Travis Walton is much more interesting than what they put in the movie, which was made to look scary. They fictionalized it on purpose to make it scary, you know, make these aliens look like yeah, monsters. Yeah, exactly, well, I just, spent, book, I just spent
0: five days, I just spent five days with much, Travis in Brazil just, and talked to him at length about his case. Mm. And yeah they want to make a new movie uh he right. wants to make yeah. uh, see a new movie made that shows actually what happened and what yep. actually happened the theory that he has, and I have tendency to agree is that that craft had sort of a defense system that he sort of or there was a energy discharge that he triggered by getting that close right and uh it knocked him for a loop, and they then pulled him into that craft. And kept him for four or five days in order to bring him back, put him back together. I mean, to, to save his life. Yeah. Um, and then when they were done, they deposited him back on the side of the road where he could get a ride home. And he wasn't naked, as in the movie. He was—he had the same clothes on when he was left on the side of the road than when he was picked up. And you know, one of the things he likes to comment about when he does present now is that he hasn't been sick a day in his life since then. This yeah. has been perfect for the last thirty years. Never missed a day of work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He looks ten years younger than he is. Yeah, but yeah, so th- that's that's more along the lines of what really happened. Uh, but again, that that doesn't mean anything uh, to the larger picture. The government may know something that we don't know that will be profoundly disturbing. And I appreciate their good intentions, but the idea that they're going to continue to play this truth embargo game, which has become an absolute asinine asinine absurdity, in order to quote, keep that burden to themselves. My message to them is, lay that burden down. Uh, lift it from your shoulders and put it on the shoulders of the other, the rest of us, the seven billion others of us, and we'll, we'll carry it for you. Uh, it's that simple. Uh, so there is no argument. None and I've heard many and thought up a few myself, there is no argument, period, that justifies one more day of this truth embargo staying in place.
2: Now, once the truth embargo does end, how long will it take, do you think, before we actually get to see aliens in person? Like, you know, walking around. Well, you, mean, you of... mean how long will the general public
0: get to see aliens, not counting not, right. all the millions that are already dealing with them face-to-face? Right. Covertly. Yeah, good question. Um, well, I mean, it's perspective. Like, when it
2: gets to a point where we'll, get, we'll go to the mall and there'll be like a couple of aliens just hanging out at a, a fruit bar and drinking some juices. I mean, when it get to that point and how long will it take to get to no, that? No, I, I don't,
0: don't think of one of those terms. Uh, think about...
2: It'll be kind of cool, though, you got to admit.
0: Uh, well, yeah. Though, frankly, mall, again, couple couple is, when you look what turns up at the mall these days, I mean, they, 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 they yeah, go up in, right in. I, yeah. I don't think they'll even be considered <laughs> unusual. Um, yeah. the, 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 here's a more appropriate way to think about it um, at some point I believe after disclosure when uh, obviously the aw- awareness level and in the information n- known to the world's people will be dramatically increased uh, and the idea of you know, actual more open contact would be obvi- not shocking at all uh I think you'll have it. And I think that's been a game plan all along. I'm just that's my opinion. Uh and the kind of open contact we're talking about is probably um, engagement of world governments regarding matters appropriate to our involvement with other civilizations in some form or fashion. And uh you might see a video of uh or a lead a live or recorded video of, of ETs in the presence of some government officials, heads of state, whatever, discussing some of these issues, that type of thing. But clearly out in the open, there it is. Um, and, well, that's,
1: that's open
0: contact, whether any ships would, would, be, would be brought in to be viewed at length, uh, who knows. Uh, Again, there is a process here which seems to be unfolding in a way to try to minimize the disruption of our society, not some prime directive per se, but a modified version of it. That there's limits to what they will do, limits to how far they'll push uh, their presence uh, pending uh, the developments. And, of course, the most important development would be the world acknowledgement. So. That's more like uh, more along the lines I would expect to see, something like that. The idea of ETs amongst us is uh, certainly possible, uh, but there's no way to know how long that would be. It could be three years from now. It could be a hundred years from now. Uh, they don't need to be amongst us for us to be involved in a, a galactic coalition of some kind. Not as a full partner undoubtedly, but as an apprentice or something. They don't need to, to do that. Uh, they are engaging us. You know, one of the one of the very interesting questions I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, resolved, uh, or at least examined further, is is uh, the developments uh, in this area are uh, the, the contactees, particularly the forced contactees, the abductees. Um, if disclosure takes place, will uh, abductions continue or will they stop? That's a
2: good question. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, If if open
0: contact follows, say, two years after that and – uh, will, will yeah. abduction continue after that well here's another I mean,
2: question uh the abduction phenomenon itself well, that's going to be a major issue because if disclosure does oh, happen yeah. uh well sure. let's see if you guys knew about this you knew they were abducting people uh people are going to be you know they're going to want to ha- hold somebody responsible for being abducted implanted all of the you well, know, like like that could, you
0: know, everybody you know everybody wants to hold Government's responsible. Very rarely does that happen, as you well know. Yes. Sure uh, but so. the response, response would be pretty straightforward. There's nothing we could do about it. In other words, we couldn't stop it. It's that simple. Now, I could say the case, look, if you disclosed and all of us were then fully aware of what was going on, there's a whole range of measures that might have been taken to prevent abductions." Um, but... Maybe not. Uh, right. Again, yeah, there, there are all kinds of public relations problems that the government's going to face. But, you know, when you look at the U.S. government right now, I mean, how much worse could it get? <laughs> uh, so they have to answer some tough questions about the ET issue. That'd actually
2: yeah, be a break from what's going on right now with the government, actually, if you think about it.
0: Yeah, they may actually enjoy those, those tough questions. I mean, a lot of the toughest stuff is, well, first of all, the Congress will plead ignorance. They don't know anything. Okay, so they're off the hook. The president will pretty much be able to plead ignorance, like, oh, I know now, but I didn't know then. Right. Uh, most of the, you know, the responsibility for these policies pretty much in the last 30 years, they they go to the to the military intelligence managers who are not even known. I mean, they don't even know their names, and they yeah. never know their names. And so then they can go to the Joint Chiefs, and the Joint Chiefs can say, well, we only had limited knowledge. So one of the advantages of being secret about everything, classifying everything, is that uh, it's very difficult to find who's accountable. Right. So, I mean, well, I I understand there will be plenty of public relations problems, and there will be plenty of angry people. There will also be plenty of elated people. It will be messy, but uh, and and exactly how it will all play out, I don't know. But, I do know this. It, whatever happens will be based on the truth, and the truth generally produces the best, the optimal outcomes. Right? It just does, and it's not hard to figure that out. I mean, it's not hard to understand that. Um, uh, it's, like, it's like it's like it's like science is basically an attempt to find extremely solid, uh, dependable truths. Right. Such as you know laws, literally laws of physics, which are. Uh, Supposedly universal throughout the entire galaxy, throughout the entire universe, uh, and and that's useful, very helpful. If you want to build a, a moon rocket, an Apollo rocket, a to, to Saturn rocket to go to the moon, and you you want to build it on speculations and and uh, you know fifty uh, percent probability issues or whatever, and not based it on solid scientific truth, that rocket's not going to get off the ground. It's not going anywhere. Uh, and so maybe you save some money.
2: That's true. Uh, maybe
0: maybe you can take some more vacation time. Whatever, but the rocket's not going anywhere. I mean, it's, it's that simple. And so you know, lies, deception, propaganda—these produce some short-term benefits. Long-term, they always produce bad outcomes. And so we have decision to make: uh, Are we as a nation going to get in the truth business? Not not just on the ET issue, but on a whole lot of issues and start uh, making progress again as a society, not only ourselves, but the world itself, the entire 200 nations, or are they going to continue to do this old paradigm dance, song and dance, with all the propaganda, lies and deception, uh, and fail? I mean, it's real simple. Now, The truth doesn't guarantee success, it just gives you the best shot at it. Being truthful and not keeping secrets from your spouse doesn't mean you're you're going to have a perfect marriage or even stay together. You might get divorced anyway. But it, it but but being truthful and 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 open to your your partner improves. It gives you the best chance to have a relationship. So uh, it's it's really a simple equation in that regard. Uh, and we're seeing in the United States right now a substantial range of of symptoms that stem in one degree or another from breakdowns in truth process, breakdowns in trust, uh and the effects of propaganda, lies over time, uh, that have created dysfunction and distrust. And we're seeing the breakdown across the board and in, in, in uh American institutions where you know we 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 have a lot of things going for us too so we hang in there the stock market's very high but uh that's good for a few people but when you look at the total picture it doesn't look pretty at all and so what can i say uh, get getting get in the truth business or, or continue to lie and see how it goes uh disclosure is the ultimate truth uh, and it will certainly probably spring be a springboard to a considerable amount of truth telling and revelation uh, and reform, which could produce some really dramatic changes uh, over the next five to ten years that will, uh, well, I mean, totally alter the the, the, the the historical threat of the 21st century.
2: Yeah, that's like it. it's better. earth-changing. It's an earth-changing uh, event when disclosure It is. It so. is. It's, it's
0: the big one. It is the mm-hmm. big one. I, again, I've, I've said many times, disclosure is more profound than contact. But yeah. uh, open contact, when it occurs, uh, will not be as profound than the disclosure mm-hmm. event.
2: Stephen, let's go back to the movie real quick, Tr- uh, Truth Embargo, mm-hmm. the movie. Uh, tell us a little bit about who's going to be in this thing, uh, who can we expect to uh, to see in this uh, documentary? <laughs> well, this movie is still some production.
0: <laughs> uh, the director is uh, Jeremy Kenyon, Locklear Cobell, and he's... He's so interesting fellow and he knows a lot about this subject and he's already got two documentaries that other documentaries that are in various states of production dealing with. Uh, right now, there's been a lot of filming of myself, of Richard Dolan and Linda Moulton Howe. They're going to try to create some narrative threads there. The idea is to try to create a movie that connects with people and it's not just a regurgitation of facts. Right. Uh, not There'll be some of that, of course, but to try to Represent the truth embargo. What it means in a in a sense that a very broad spectrum of people can get it. Um, it will be an activist movie. I mean, it's it's not going to be a, uh, just a retelling of here's the facts. Make up your own mind. I mean, this this movie is going to be clearly from the perspective. This is an extraterrestrial presence. We're not going to debate that. Let's uh, not waste our time debating that. Um, But that's all I can say right now. I mean, uh, you know, the final form of this movie is definitely not yet to be determined. And uh, we'll all be affected by events over the next couple of months. So we'll see. Uh, As long as it makes it it in the theaters and gets to decent distribution, I'll be happy.
2: (laughs) You know, it's funny you you, you describe it like that, because there's a movie that really comes to mind uh, that did just that. And I hope this gets that kind of attention, that kind of uh, of viewership. Uh, Zeitgeist, the movie, the original one. Uh, Of course, that was on the Internet, but, I mean, that was an an incredible amount of uh, attention that movie got.
0: Well, yeah, Uh, this is the age of the documentary. It's possible to make documentaries in your basement with very little money. that actually get seen by a lot of people. Uh, It doesn't mean they're necessarily great, uh, but it does mean that it's possible to do that. Um, Zeitgeist is a movie that takes on a lot of issues, so it covers a lot of territory. That certainly helps Mm to increase its audience. Um, we are trying to create a full-fledged feature film at um, it, 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 it distribution production levels, so we're, we're aiming above that. But let's face it, the, the, this is the age of the documentary. Uh, the documentary will become, in my view, in the 21st century, the key information delivery system hmm. in terms of trying to understand the world. People will learn from them. They will be in, used in schools. Uh, there will be huge numbers made. Every subject will be examined. And obviously, some of them will be better than others, and the, and the best ones will be used to convey give critical information to the world to understand what's going on. Uh, and they will be, you'll see more and more of them in the theaters. Um, uh, though, obviously, the documentary doesn't lend itself um, like some movies do to grandiose, huge screens, 3D. Right. And so forth, and so maybe not. That sort of limits the the the, the degree that the, they will have theater presence. But on the other hand, they're cheap. Uh, they're so much cheaper to make than than big production movies, and so there's much less financial risk. and And I think for that reason, uh, they they should always have, and will have a presence. I think in in America's theaters, um, where I think. They, uh, well, I'll leave it this way. At least for now, um, theater distribution gives the issue that the documentary is d- addressing more gravitas. It t- legitimizes it substantially. Um, as opposed to a documentary that you can only find on YouTube, right? It was made by some, some right. guys in their basement, but it's cool and all that. Uh, and this is an issue that needs legitimizing. It needs that gravitas, and so it's important. The time will come pretty soon when. Being in the theaters will be relevant. Uh, so many people will have 40, 50, 60, 70, 80-inch LED and ultra-high-definition de- screens. We're almost screens there. That, <laughs> and we're almost there. And, so, and you'll be distributing through downloads and everything else. And so yep. It just won't matter, and I get that. And we're kind of in the transition right now, um, and there's a big argument whether to go... Whether to push for distribution in theaters or not, and and I get that, um, but and ultimately we're heading for that, and the the theaters will be just for very special types of films that that need a very grandiose arena to to, to appreciate properly. Uh, obviously, this documentary is not going to be like that, uh, but there's there, there are still plenty of theaters that this you know, you know those those uh, octoplex or not octoplex those thirty screen theaters need films, and so we'd like to see this this film make it into it so that people can see this issue on a big screen. It is in fact the biggest issue in the world today. It is cosmic, therefore the idea of being on a big screen to me makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, it's more fitting. Uh, so we'll see. But that ultimately the most important thing is getting disclosure, and that's the congressional hearing initiative. That's the, the major thrust right now. Uh, we need about another twenty-five to fifty thousand to really ram that home, but we're going to go forward regardless. And then the film is coming along, and then the foundation. We we want to get this international stuff going. Uh, I don't, you know, who knows when we could actually achieve a world conference. Probably after disclosure, frankly. But the very fact that we have a UN initiative underway, I think, is going to generate a lot of international media. That'll spill over to the congressional hearing initiative. So we're just piling on, I guess you could say. Right.
2: you, might, you um, might want to talk to Seth yeah. if you want to put a conference together he does that uh, for a living actually that's one of the things he, uh, the gentleman we called earlier in fact I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember the UFO Info Weekend that was supposed to take place a couple years back vaguely you. You know, there have been a lot of
0: attempts to create these online conferences and so forth it's still difficult to do uh, it's it the is. public doesn't he knows. You know, <laughs> sign on to this too easily it, it's still a long ways away but, but it's coming and I get it yep. um, uh and 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 those efforts are, are important because the people are learning and and they're developing certain skills um, uh, uh, but for now uh the uh, the the primary medium of of uh delivery of information is uh documentaries and and youtube uh, uh representations of events like the citizen hearing Right. That's what's getting, you know, to, I mean, you know, I think it was, uh, the Korean rap singer that put out the, uh, the YouTube video that I believe was one of the only one of a couple that have crossed a billion views. That, that's hard to comprehend. I mean, think about it, a billion views. Um, mm-hmm. so it just gives you a sense of what's possible. Right. Now, typically the things that get these large views tend to be ridiculous or silly, but catchy. Right. Uh, but believe me, you know, uh, Serious issues under the right circumstances can get those kind of views, and so if you can put a video up that has extremely important information and a billion people view it, the impact globally is is hard to measure. I mean, it's just off the scale. So that's that's there, and that's that's where things are right now, um, and that's where we're going to focus is uh, is keeping uh, material on YouTube. Uh, Obviously, selling the DVDs of the of the citizen hearing, get those around the world. They'll be shared by a lot of people, and uh, and of course the movie, uh, the, the documentary. You know, now, it, it'll it, get distributed it, in every way, fashion, every every form it can.
2: Steven, if uh, one of the listeners, for example, wants to contribute to uh, to make the movie happen, let's say there's a financier who is interested in uh, you know kicking in a couple of bucks, how can they get a hold of you so they could uh, go ahead and? Do well, they get a
0: hold of me. They just go to um, they just go to and they they will find the crowdfunding on there um and there's a you know it's one of those classic crowdfundings with various uh incentives and this and that um and uh, uh, and 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 there's uh, there's two ways they can do it. they go we pay we use we pay and also PayPal. they can use the PayPal button uh if they don't like we pay and also international contributions have to come in on payPal because we pay doesn't do that so right. truth dot com is where the uh the crowdfunding is for that film. Obviously, we, <laughs> we're going to raise 250000 so we need some big donors uh, that would like to see this, this this movie out.
2: I wouldn't doubt if you you would get it. I'm telling you that there's so much interest in the subject, and uh, there's so many people with money who are interested in the subject. Uh, people even in the NBA have come forward saying they believe, and they've had the sightings. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this is something that it, it's not... Uh, the taboo subject that it once was. Like, this is not the 30s and the 40s where people were rioting in the streets because they thought aliens were coming down uh, to attack us. Uh, the, the, the 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 paradigm really has shifted completely, I believe. It is not the same,
0: yeah. but, but, but it's still tough. Uh, the it truth is. embargo has yeah. been in place for... It's still in place 67 years after Roswell.
2: Yeah.
0: And uh, a, a, you know, almost everybody has a built-in instinctual reluctance <laughs> to publicly yeah. engage this. Um yep. And, you know, I can talk, though I'm blue in the face, but that visceral connection or that visceral uh, understanding is is damn difficult to overcome.
2: Well, that, most and of that so is they'll, the they'll, they'll just put their money
0: elsewhere. They'll put their money where it's safer.
2: Yeah, but most mostly you have to agree is most of that fear or that resentment towards the subject like this, it's the propaganda the government's put on it for the last 50, sure. 60 years. absolutely, so absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if
0: the government doesn't, conduct a very extensive truth embargo for these seven years. I'm assure you this this had this issue would have been out long ago. Oh, yes. um, so they they made a decision, uh, and they still that's still a policy. Um, but it's not being defended or at least pursued it like it was. It's it's almost in a, they're almost in a passive position on it now. Right. Yeah. Uh, and off, we're going to find out because uh, the. I'm not the only one that that knows that uh, uh, hearings for the witnesses that we've got available now to testify ends uh, the truth embargo. And so as if we start to get any traction on the Hill on this, then if there is still an adamant intent by the managers of this issue in government that this simply truth embargo cannot end, then they're going to have to move the block. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see if they do. And if they do, know, even more interesting to see how they do it. Um, so we'll be watching that very carefully. Uh, if there is no move to block as this, this congressional hearing initiative goes forward, then that would be, for me, almost proof positive that they are resigned to uh, to the end of the truth embargo and, and ready to accept the uh, inevitable. Uh, so...
2: What, what if you? What did you get this answer? Uh, and somebody actually asked me this earlier when they found out you were going to be on the show. They they asked, "What if uh, you know?" Instead of saying, uh, "Okay, yeah, it's true. This is what we know." What if they just come back? We're saying we had no idea this was going on. We thought that it was just a bunch of crazy people, you know, seeing things in the sky that weren't really there because they were drinking moonshine or some other crazy stuff. No, and, no, no, uh, no this is either. incredible to us. You know, like well, what do yeah, they? Because, I, well, that, that can't happen.
0: That can't happen. First of all, they know what we know. Right. right,
2: they they they
0: are aware of the extent of the citizen science evidence that's been amassed, uh, and so they they understand quite well if they were to make a statement like that, it it would be just a fiasco for them. Uh, it would only make it worse, uh, and so that's not going to happen.
2: It's an excellent uh, question, though, because just imagine, just a what if. I mean, I think what would happen if that? Just a, a what if? Let's just say I know it, it can't happen, but can you imagine your reaction, the reaction to everybody in that room, if they come out with something like that?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, well, believe me, I, I can't turn on the news <laughs> channels uh, on any given day and not have a reaction, a WTF reaction. I mean, it's yeah. just <laughs> this one fiasco t- after another. So no, I mean, that wouldn't be anything new for me, but um, I mean, I, I can assure you that me- remember disclosure will we'll not just be confined to one country. I mean, the moment yep. a major country discloses, the rest of them will follow suit. and you imagine Putin coming out in front of the people and saying, you know, I, I had no idea. <laughs> I've just been told had no idea, right? And wow, what a surprise. I don't think so.
2: Yeah, I no, actually, I, don't I think, think Putin so. will be one of the first people that will come out from any uh, country, and he would just say what they know. I think he doesn't really care. I think he, Honestly, I think at this point, it's just the U.S. government holding it back.
0: Uh, no, there are there are reasons why any of the major nations have not disclosed. I don't think it's just well. We'll just wait for the U.S. I think there are reasons, Um and they vary from nation to nation. And I understand that. Um And post disclosure, I think you know the leaders of these nations will probably discuss that. I, I think. Will likely come forward and say, "Well, here's why you will be asked. Why didn't you tell us sooner? I mean, he'll, and you'll have an explanation for it, and, and it'll be an explanation that's in line with uh, the Russia's national interest, and the Premier of Ch- uh, People's Republic of China will will have a, an explanation in line with their national interest, and so forth. Um, it varies, but the one thing we do know is that uh, all of these nations. Have not done it yet, right? Um, though many are clearly doing things which are helping the disclosure process, mm-hmm. and the U.S. is the absolute most adamant uh, in holding fast, meaning just you know, it's like it's like the it's like the protester holding on to the railing of the White House as six, right. you know, <laughs> uh, uh, security guys try to, frankly, they just they just don't want to let go. Uh... And uh, there, there is a, a reason here. I mean, I, I, you know, the U.S. is the most powerful country in the world. We have a vast nuclear armament capable of destroying the world, uh, though obviously we would be destroyed as well. We have enormous economic power, though we're ruining that. Uh, so we're not irrelevant by any means, though sometimes it seems like we're dying to become irrelevant. Um, and we have influence. And and there are so many connections in the world between countries, certainly to the U.S., that most people have no idea about. I mean, they're just not even aware of them. Treaties and secret treaties between intelligence organizations and financial deals that nobody knows about. Maybe they're public, but who who could find them? And so all of these connections, thousands and thousands and thousands of connections between uh, other nations in the U.S., um, are a factor in the disclosure uh, process uh, and i I do think that a substantial number of nations are deferring without question to the u s mm-hmm. meaning look it's not our call whatever you we're not going to do anything. whatever you do is fine with us, and then there are some that are deferring but are not happy they're happy with their tired of the delay. Mm-hmm. there are others that are not deferring, but they have their own reasons. Why they're hesitant to move at this time? I put Russia and People's Republic of China in that group. So it varies. but the the net result of all of this is that no nation has yet disclosed the extraterrestrial presence. Uh, and that's where we're at.
2: Well, here's a question. Do you think there's any nation that doesn't have a clue? Oh sure, process. I mean there's
0: a number of nations. There's 188 nations, I think, in
2: the world right now,
0: <laughs> and you get the, the you know you get down to some that are almost a nation. I don't know. Yeah, so I use 200, but um, and there's a number of them. It's just it's just simply not in their in their uh, in their on their radar. Like, like, I really don't a, think the wrongs in Ethiopia. Them in, in, yeah, in 80s,
2: 20, like the folks in Ethiopia, I don't think have any interest. Whether we're being visited by aliens at this point. Somalia, Ethiopia,
0: these are countries that really is probably relevant, though they probably have contactees in both those countries. Um, probably, yeah. Uh, yeah. Some of the inner countries, I think all of South America is quite, quite relevant. Central America, very relevant. Of course, North America. Um, all of Europe. There, there's you know, mostly some small island nations, some of the internal African nations, any of the failed states, um, kind of irrelevant. But that's really not many. Uh, I think the majority, the significant majority of all the nations of the world have a, an obvious vested interest and some awareness. Every nation with an Air Force is aware of the ET presence. Yeah, right? and, unless they have one plane or something. <laughs> but if they've, got, you know, if they've got they have a, a very for small army in our country. <laughs> they're aware, right? They've got film, they've all got chase camera, chase, chase footage,
2: Steven which they're is, uh... oh,
0: which they're, they're classified.
2: It's it's always a blast to have you on. We're out of time, unfortunately. Uh, we're going to have you back on uh, pretty soon on Skywatchers Radio. I, I definitely want to have you on there soon. Uh, once again, the website is truthembargo.movie.com, uh, guys. If you want to donate to the cause, you just go to the page, go all the way down. Uh, there's a Truth Embargo campaign right there, right, Stephen, where they could uh, make a donation. And,
0: and the Congressional Hearing Initiative, which hopes to launch on January eighth, the if they go to Paradigm Research dot org they can i'm sorry paradigm research group dot org they will uh, have see obviously over to that that funding uh, uh campaign to to give us funds we need to, to push it properly you know we'd like to get this done by march we'd like to have these hearings in place by march
2: Stephen, you're always a, a just a joy to have on the show and i appreciate your time thank you so much for being here my friend
0: until the next time
2: <laughs> bye until the next time Guys, that is, of course, the world famous Mr. Stephen Bassett, and uh, just another great episode with Stephen. Again, this is uh, the, you know the subject that we're going to be talking about on Skywatchers Radio on a weekly basis. Uh, like I said earlier on in the show, I might not talk about it as much on this show anymore because of that show, just to keep it you know really focused on that on that show. But uh, you know, if you are into that subject, please tune in uh, to Skywatchers Radio on uh, the Dark Matter Radio Network, uh, Stephen. Great guest, uh, gentleman. Uh, he's a gentleman, he really is. Again, everybody, check out the website, truthembargomovie.com and uh, the Paradigm Research We're going to be back next week, right here on Inside the Jackal's Head, with another. Amazing guest And uh, this is actually one of my best friends and all of radio, I love this man uh, Mr. Dennis Crenshaw is going to be on the show And uh, big announcement of course uh, Dennis Crenshaw coming back to radio And uh, that's going to be a lot of fun To have him back on PSN radio So uh, please tune in next week will he, When he will be my guest on Inside the Jackal's Head Check out his website Thehollowearthinsider.com Till next Sunday, peace